You're listening to the ESPN Footy Tips AFL Podcast. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to another episode of the ESPN Footy Tips AFL Podcast. My name is Matt Walsh. I'm joined, as always, by Neil Seawang, who's up in his uh, his Ballarat home with the, the Tassie Devils beanie up there. Neil must be a bit chilly. Uh, it is very chilly. I think the um, the top today is something like nine degrees. Um, and just to make matters even better, our heater uh, carked it a couple of days ago, so we are waiting for it to be repaired. Not the ideal, not ideal timing. That is not the sort of issue you want to be having in Ballarat uh, the second day of winter, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. It's all about timing, really. Jake Michaels, you look a, a little bit a uh, bit warmer, oh, a bit warmer than Neil does, because you're outside. I don't know what's going on uh, where you are up in Bandura, but uh, welcome along to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly uh, it's not exactly warm here, but it's probably not uh, not reaching those icy temps of Ballarat. Uh, good to be back, even though we're not all together in the same room. But yeah, good fun to be to be doing another podcast. Yeah, been been a bit tough to coordinate uh, coordinate everyone uh, and organise everything during this this time. Obviously, with with footy away and and so many um, so many things that are happening uh, at the moment. And you'll you'll notice that we don't have Christian Jolly from Champion Data joining us today. We do hope to get him back when when the footy restarts. But unfortunately, we'll be doing it alone. Uh, just uh, just us three this afternoon. But I mean. Footy's back, guys. It's kind of hard to believe that, you know, sort of six, seven weeks ago, you'd think it could be back this soon. But we are returning on June 11, just more than a week away. Um, and it's fair to say I'm now really pumped again. It kind of feels like that, that sort of February feeling where the pre-season and everyone's tearing up the track and you've got a couple of weeks to go. The only thing is, like you say, Neil, it's nine degrees outside and it's, it's now winter. So, I mean, <laughs> you're looking forward to footy returning. What have you missed most, really? I think nine degrees is perfect footy weather growing up in, in Tassie and kicking the dew off the ground a fair bit um, with some uh, sleep coming in sideways. So no, winter, it feels like footy's almost back, which is uh, really exciting. Um, what have I missed? I've missed, I mean, like any, any footy fan, I've missed all parts of the game. I've missed um, the games on the weekend. I've missed the, I guess, the way that the footy industry churns. You've always got um, things to, to watch and listen to and, and read when footy's in full swing. Um, and it just, this, this gap, I guess, um, really reinforces how much footy means to you. And, yeah, I've, 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 I'm really hanging for, for round one, uh, round two, I should say. It feels like round one. But, yeah, I've missed, I've missed everything about it. I, I can't wait for it to be back. Jake, you, um, you're normally an F1 head as well, and they haven't uh, been playing around the world. They've, they've been delayed until probably July as well, even further now. You, you're, the, you're the expert, you can tell me. But so what have you been doing to occupy yourself with, with no footy over this time? Well, it's been a, an interesting period, Matt. Um, lots of cooking, lots of running, um, all sorts of stuff. But I think to, to your point about what you're missing most about it, I don't think there's... I think the, the main thing most people are missing is just that structure around the week of having football. You know, as we know, it, it's not like in the US where sports kind of on every, every day. We have it, you know, basically on our weekends and that kind of, that kind of motivates us to get to a weekend for, for the sport. So I think that's been the biggest the biggest adjustment to make. So it's exciting that we're, that we're getting close to having it back again, even if we're not going to see fans there for a while. Yeah, I think, um, I think just the, like the footy atmosphere and the build-up, I think you're right in that. That's, that's one of the things that I've been missing. But like, it's, it's weird, but getting onto a packed train, it's something I miss. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm lining up at the, at the gates to get a good seat at the, in the MCC or, or just the, you know, the, the media room hot dogs and pies that you get at Marvel Stadium. Like, I, I, I'm missing the little things and I'm, I'm now ready to sort of get back into business and, and start watching a lot of footy. Yeah. The, the one thing that you've missed is queuing up to get in the ground or be 
being squashed into a train like sardines. That's that's what you've most missed about footy being <laughs> offline. So it's a very it's it's doesn't really fit with the whole COVID situation. But yeah, I, I think there's something about getting on a pack train, going to the footy, and you you sort of seeing you know, oh, are there more of their supporters or more of our supporters? And everyone's sort of talking about the game and the weather and. I don't know. You're an Ivanhoe just... boy. You'd be, you wouldn't be taking a train. You'd be on the. Uh, you'd be getting a, an Uber Black into the city, wouldn't you? No, no, that's that's not quite true. I've moved now. I'm, I'm in Heidelberg, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Just part of the build up to the day is getting to the ground and lining up and and having chats about who's going to line up on who. And I think that's part of like it's all good and well that we'll be able to turn the TV on, but I miss the sort of the human aspect of footy, and and I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to get back to that sooner rather than later. No, I know what you mean. I think, I think what, without putting words in your mouth, I think what maybe what you're trying to say is you missed the build-up and the anticipation of a, of a big game. Um, you know, I love the feeling of um, like a big game on a Friday night and maybe heading in from work and, mm. you know, uh, the bars are overflowing. This is obviously all pre-COVID um, um, chat, but, yeah, that in- anticipation and even if you do have to line up for a bit, the, the whole place is buzzing. So, yeah, I've, I've certainly missed that, sure. For sure. Hey, um, let's jump into the, gen- the agenda uh, straight away. We've got footy coming up in less than a week. The NRL restarted over the weekend. Uh, one of the big talking points that came out of the, uh, the NRL's round of footy was the fake crowd noise that they've brought in for the broadcasters and how there's talk that the AFL is going to be trying to do something quite similar. Uh, I don't know how much of the NRL you saw from the weekend. I saw part of a couple of games. Um, did we like the NRL's experiment and could it work in the AFL? Is there any need to do it? That's the question that I'll turn around and ask you guys. I mean, some will argue that it was horrific and others will argue that it added to the game. I kind of sit, going into it, I didn't really want to see it at all, but I kind of sit in the middle. I don't think it's terrible or great. I just don't think it needs to be done. I don't think it really adds much. We all know there's nobody there. And I guess the biggest difference between the NRL product in terms of what we see on TV and the AF and what we see from the AFL is the NRL you rarely see the crowd given the the camera angle of the of the rectangular field whereas AFL cameras and the it's shot from higher up and it's a bigger surface you're regularly seeing the crowd so I think when your eyes see no one there but you're hearing people that doesn't quite match but when you're watching the NRL or a football game a soccer game you kind of don't see the crowd, so you can you, your imagination is well. There's people there, so I think it works more for the NRL than what it would for the AFL. But having said that, I just don't think it's necessary or for either. I I think I think it's it's pretty it's important to remember back to round one when um, the AFL got the single round out of the way, and I think we all probably had individual reactions to whether we enjoyed or how we felt about the zero crowd noise. I, I was a little bit intrigued by hearing the players communicate um, on the field um, for the first time, you know, at the top level since I can remember without that crowd noise. And yes, they're different sports, but then I compare that to the NRL um, fake crowd noise. Um, and they had that, that overlay. And it was a little bit over the top in, in some parts. I think they had just pretty standard tries and the crowd noise felt like it was a, a grand final winning try. Um, so, Yes, they're different sports, but I think I'd probably prefer as a TV viewer to have that fake crowd noise. But the big thing is they've got to do it well and they've got to make it um, suitable for AFL. Like there's, there's a lot more intricacies in the crowd noise in AFL 
than there is in NRL. There's, you know, ball and there's so many, it's not just cheering for a goal. So as long as they can sort of get it close to the mark, I, I think I'm for it. I think it adds to the atmosphere. But why do it? I think, I, I just don't understand why it has to be done because we don't see, you know, you don't look at Gold Coast games or Freo games with nobody there and they're pumping in crowd noise. It's just the reality that there's nobody there, you know, and I, I don't understand what it really adds to have, have, it, have crowd noise pumped in that people can hear on the broadcast when we all know nobody's there. And this isn't going to be a permanent thing. If this was going to be the next 10 years that we weren't going to have anyone at a, at a game, then okay, maybe you want to start looking at something. But who knows? We may have people starting to come back later in the season. We don't know that yet. This isn't a permanent, a permanent thing by any stretch of the imagination. I think Neil's right that um, the intricacies of footy are a lot uh, more nuanced than they are in the NRL. Ball, 50, back, how far. Like, there are all these sorts of noises that if you just sort of Kick had... It long. Can, yeah, canned noise. Um, it, it would sort of be odd that, that there's a situation calling for a certain noise and it isn't used. And something else that sort of I noticed in the NRL was the, the sort of the level of noise that you get at... Like, Canberra were playing in Melbourne, yet their tries were just as loud as the, the Storm's tries. Uh, and it just sort of didn't quite make sense there as well. So I think the AFL, they should try it because why not? They might as well. Uh, but be prepared to, to sort of ditch it if it doesn't work. Like have sort of the courage to say, yep, we tried it. Or no, it doesn't work. Um, because footy's, like you said, Neil, an interesting game in that it, it probably won't work. Uh, and Jake, I think you brought up a good point that crowds may return sooner than we think anyway. The way that a lot of leagues um, around the world and, and sort of racing in Australia and, and obviously Peter Volandi's um, head of the Australian Rugby League Commission sort of is pushing for crowds to come back soon. We may actually get crowds by around 10, 15. You just don't know. So is it worth, you know, all this investment in technology and money for maybe five rounds of, of mediocre crowd noise? I'm, I'm not too sure. And how good would it be when we, when we get that, those crowds back whenever that will be? And how good would it be to actually hear the crowd? Because by, by pumping in this noise and not having anyone there, it's almost saying... We don't need you. We can mm. just put this in. But if you go 10 weeks or however long and you have no crowd and you just play the game and you just get used to hearing, like Neil says, hearing the players, which is a really unique thing that you, it's very local footy that you just don't get in the AFL. Um, and then you get, and then you get the crowds coming back. I mean, how great is that going to sound when you start getting it back? It's going to be amazing. So I don't know. I, I can kind of see the, I'm all for trying things, especially now where we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I think you should try things, but I think you made a great point. If it doesn't work, which you know probably looks like it hasn't quite worked for the NRL, have have the balls to say it didn't and, and scrap it. Don't persist with it and say that, yeah, it is working when 90% of people hate it. But 90% of people might love it and then stick with it. So, But yeah, I think you made a really good point. Yep, what moving about, on. Um, what about just before we leave this topic? What about the visuals? I've I've seen some of the leagues around the world do some some interesting, um, I guess, visual things with cardboard cutouts and interesting is in a the, good word. <laughs> yeah, interesting is a good word for um, some of the cardboard cutouts that the uh, NRL shows have put out. But um, which was actually quite um, horrific form by uh, Fox NRL and and uh, the team that decided to put that together in their post show, but moving aside um, the, that sort of joke that went wrong, the cardboard cutouts in the crowd, and I think I've seen some European soccer um, leagues actually have fans at home broadcast into the stadium and actually cheering on um, the players. And so that gives the, play, the players some sort of crowd noise. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that um, brought in if the AFL could do it. 
there'll be nothing worse, Neil, than uh, five people in their lounge rooms with cameras and microphones on them and someone just gets up and says, kick the... F and start swearing on the broadcast. I think that would be quite entertaining. No <laughs> it's not like we don't normally get that at games anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the kids watching at home, you got to think of the kids. Um, yes. Anyway, we should move on. Uh, there are clubs that are going to be going into hubs. Uh, it's the reality. The, the two South Australian teams and, and the, the two West Australian teams will be heading to Queensland uh, to play a round of games against each other and against the two Queensland-based clubs up there. And I thought, um, I was watching Footy Classified last night, and I thought there were some very interesting comments from Caroline Wilson about the demands that some of the players have um, for their hub accommodation. So they're going to be away from their family, away from their homes. They're going to be in the same room for four, maybe five weeks. Um, and this is interesting in that people travel all the time, sure, but they travel from place to place and you're not stuck in the same small cramped area um, for a month or so at a time. And they've come up with some interesting demands are they right to have these sort of demands or are these players being a bit precious? Like where are we sort of saying, like, where do we draw the line? Coffee machines? Um, should clubs be paying for their takeout coffees? Like uh, no kitchens in the hotel rooms. Are they going to be bringing in um, small appliances so they can make their own food? Like what's the line that we draw for what players have at these hub accommodations? Aren't they staying at luxury accommodation though? Like, I'm, like, like, and nothing's going to stop them luxury from bringing the in. Is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, if they need a good coffee, surely there's a, a cafe down in the, or there's probably two or three in the hotel. Like, or if they, if they want something made, they can order room service. Like, what am I not understanding here? They're not staying in a backpackers hostel. Well, maybe they're trying to get a usual routine. Like, players cook at home and, and having sort of meals laid out for them by the same place night after night for a month. I could, I could imagine it getting very taxing and I'm, I kind of agree with the players. Um, but, but obviously there were some funny requests. I mean, Caroline Wilson said that they want, some of them want their coffees paid for when clearly if they were living at home, they'd be going down the road um, to pick up a coffee at their local cafe before heading to Westlakes or to um, Albany. Yeah, but they, they might are. not be. How do you know that? They might, it might be someone who just makes their coffee at home. I mean, I, we can't I assume do, yeah, that they're, yeah. we like can't assume that. that they're all going to be, that they're all going to be going out and um, and spending. I spent five seventy on a coffee the other day. A <laughs> small a flat white was five seventy. Um, so I don't, I don't blame the players for saying, you know what, if you're gonna, if we have to stay here for weeks, then you're paying for the things that we we need. And whether you want to call it demands, and I think the word demand is a little bit strong. I I don't know whether I would call it a demand, but there's certain things that players want. They're just we, we shouldn't even look at them as players. We just should just look at them as people that have to be here for a period of time. And if they want a PlayStation, if they want their coffee, if they want this and that, then so be it. Most people would want that sort of stuff, I guess. Well, I've got a list of things here. Uh, I want to go, go around the room and, um, and basically ask you guys sort of a yes or no with a brief uh, justification as to why, as to if you think <laughs> the players should be getting these items uh, if they request them. Coffee's paid for. Yes. No. Nutribullets. Yes. Yes. A sandwich press. Yes. Yes. A PS4. Yep. Each. Each or like. Each. <laughs> or only if they want one. They'll all be, all be wanting to play each other. Are they yeah, bringing their own? Why not? I uh, don't know if they'll be allowed to bring their own, or but PS4s shouldn't be banned if, if we're going to go that way. Yes. Correct. Yep. Uh, online shopping <laughs> deliveries. 
Now, what are they buying? <laughs> if, you, if they want to get a new pair of pants and Maya has a sale, um, it, should they be allowed to have deliver, deliveries to nah, the No, get it delivered to your home. Don't get it delivered use, to the Use the courier. Um, no, not the courier, the, the concierge. Use of the golf, <laughs> golf course. Yeah. Well, that's a big yes for me. If you're cooped up in, even if it is great accommodation, if you're cooped up there for a month, you, you yeah. want to get outside and stretch the legs. Yeah. All right. And the club should want them to be, to be going out, whether it's playing golf or going for a run or a cycle, they yeah. should be doing that. So, um, yeah, I think they should be doing it 100%. Well, you, you hit my next one, sort of bikes for use of cycling. As opposed yep. to bikes for use of other <laughs> stuff. Oh, like the recovery bike or something like that. Um, okay, a few yes. left field ones. Uh, a laundry service. Should they have their laundries done, laundry done for them? Yes, 100%. Yes. Really? Even though they'd no doubt be doing it themselves at home? But where are they going to do it? Laundries? Yeah, well, it depends on the, on the layout of the hotel, I guess. Uh, you expect <laughs> them to go down to the laundromat or something to wash their clothes? No. Neil, I'm not too sure how much of a help you'll be with this one, but uh, choice of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're they're allowed to use whatever shampoo they want. So the hotel has a certain brand. I think they can. I think nah, they can use I draw, they want. I draw the line there. I think you either use the what the hotel provides, or you bring your own. The club shouldn't be paying. Nah, the club's not buying them extra shampoos. And and just letting you know, people with less <laughs> hair than others also still use shampoo. So <laughs> take that back. There you go. Oh, I'll take it back. <laughs> was it? That was a cheap shot. That one. That was. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So I think we've sort of come to a conclusion that they should be afforded the same sort of stuff that they expect to have it at Absolutely. their houses, basically. Except that they get their laundry done for them. Feel like they're living yeah. with their parents still. <laughs> I think. Oh, so. well, let me ask. Let me ask you. If you're staying in a hotel, Matt, uh, would you be doing your laundry? Would you be saying here, I'm going to give this to the hotel and. You guys sort it out. You're not doing it yourself. You're just getting somebody else to do it. If I'm You're not taking it the same place for a month um, and I've got laundry to do, I would probably expect that I'd have to do my own at some point, but maybe that's where you and I differ, Jake. Yeah, but where, what hotel have you stayed in for a month at a time? Exactly. That's the, that's the thing. They're going to have a lot of laundry, so they probably need to do some themselves at, at some point. That's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to what, say. But like, the, doing, hotel doing the, the hotel probably doesn't have facilities to do their own washing hey, it's potentially yeah hey guys i think we need to do a, a launch news <laughs> podcast talking about <laughs> hotels and laundry services and concierges yeah um, no fair enough we'll we should, move on we might as well move on to the footy <laughs> all right something uh maybe a little bit more serious than um whether or not players get their coffees paid for but hawthorne star chad wingard is obviously a proud indigenous australian has come out um come out uh, in the media and sort of criticise the way that Australia has handled coverage of the George Floyd death in the US, um, sort of pointing at Australia's own problems, which many people, including journalists, don't seem to be as aware of. Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I applaud Chad's conviction that he has for a good cause, but I can't help but feel he could spread the message and educate more people and take more strides uh, towards making Australia a better place by using his platform um, in addition to the footy media. Like the media, I feel, we love telling stories. If I was head of a media company, I'd be approaching Chad's management and saying, we'd love for him to write a piece, his own thoughts, um, subbed and formatted by us so that he can educate others. I think that his, his stance saying that he won't be talking to the media, um, he should sort of relook at that and sort of think, how can I use the media to, to spread more awareness about, about the, the issues that 
Australia clearly has as well as the US. I don't know what, what you guys think, but I found his, his, his stance quite interesting and, and, and I wonder if he'll sort of rethink that in time. Matt, I agree 100% with what you're saying, but the only thing I will, I will say to that, to play devil's advocate, is look at what, look at what happened to Adam Goods. He stood up and did exactly what you're saying Chad Wingard should do and look at what happened to him. Um, so it's not as easy as just, I guess, coming out and saying, right, I'm going to stick up for what I believe in because everyone wants to stand up for what they believe in. But some people, the way society is, don't have the ability to do that without being criticised or put down for it. So I don't know if that's a reason why he's chosen this path or not, but... I don't think he. I don't think he owes it to anyone to come out and and stand up for what he believes or defend anything. But I, yeah, at the same time, I, I can certainly understand if if looking at Adam Goods was a reason why he probably thought, is it going to be worth it? Am I going to just get more hate? I sincerely hope that the AFL world and society has maybe got a little bit more mature and respectful um, post the Adam Goods situation. That was such a a storm of hate and uh, and and not and, and disrespect for for what Adam went through. Um, so I'd like to think that maybe that Chad could go out there and spread his message um, with a little bit more of a, a respectful um, reception from the general public. Um, and I do certainly agree that athletes these days have so much more of a of a voice in telling their stories. They don't have to wait to get interviewed you know once a month to tell a story like that you know, might, have, might have been the case 10 or 10 or so years ago they they can get on the front foot and really be aggressive in pushing their their stories and their and their campaigns if you like so yeah i i think chad it might have been an emotional decision and we all we all have emotional decisions and, and make emotional decisions in our lives but I'd like to think that, that maybe he, he, he might be able to step back and, and try and, and find a better way to, to push out exactly what he wants to say. Yeah. On a positive note about all, of, about all of this, I mean, it's a shocking situation and we won't really go into it too much, but um, it, it's great to see the sports world all, all unite and come together and, and actually take a stand. I don't think there's ever been something that has kind of brought so many people together in the sports world so quickly and it's it's great to see obviously you don't want to see it anything happen to get to that point where where that actually has to occur but you know it is great to see that people are finally starting to realize and, and a lot of people that probably haven't spoken out before um all coming together and saying that this is just getting this is just not on it just has to stop well i mean in australia but but more so like, like even more so in america where um you, you look at the nfl and, and the nba like i'd say a majority of, of the athletes are black um, and and they are they are the entertainment that so many people like have, and, and then as soon as they sort of say, "Hey, we have an issue, and we'd like to speak about it," um, and and the sort of some of the response from some some other other parts of the the, the media and, and the general public has been disheartening. But you're right, sort of. I suspect four or five years ago, um, the clubs and organisations might not have come out in the same um, in the same way they have in terms of saying, "Yep." All right, it's it's time to sort of get behind this cause and and and, and be against racism because you just look at the, the Colin Kaepernick stuff from four years ago and the way that he was sort of treated and now sort of everyone's taking a step back and going, well, he was protesting peacefully for the for equality in the United States and and you can kind of see why Chad bringing it back to Australia is wanting to do this because clearly Australia has um, issues in 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 uh, law enforcement and incarceration of of 
of minority people as well. And like you said, Jack, we, should, we won't go into it too much, but um, in terms of Chad, uh, yeah, he can, he can use his platform for good. And, and I would encourage him to do that um, if he wants to, obviously. Um, but to sort of shut out and sort of say he's putting a total sort of media ban on himself apart from um, Hawthorne-sanctioned media conferences, um, I, I hope he reconsiders because we'd all like to learn from him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right. Uh, on to the season ahead. We've got, what is it? Oh, my maths isn't good. Maybe nine days until the season's back on, on June 11 when uh, Richmond and Collingwood face off at the MCG. Things have changed since we had our pre-season predictions, guys. Things have changed a lot. Um, have they? <laughs> oh, I would, I would say so. What's happened? The hubs have been introduced. Four teams are going to go and play home games at a ground that isn't their home ground. Um, the shorter quarters are going to stay. We, we, we know that. And, and obviously, players are coming back from injury that might not have played in the first 10 weeks of a, of a normal season. So things are changing. Um, so I wanted to sort of whip around and ask you both. I might start with you, Neil. Uh, if you've revised your flag winner and your wooden spoon winner for the year? Um, I think pre-season, I plumped for Collingwood as my premiership favourite. Um, I still think they're right in the mix. I think, I, think, like, I think most people have assumed that the more mature clubs and the older lists might be better suited to handle all these hurdles and, and unprecedented um, difficulties that they've all been thrown. So makes me think... Uh, Richmond, Collingwood, GWS, um, and West Coast. I think they were my top four teams, my top four flag contenders for this year. Um, I think the outlier there is West Coast. Obviously, playing in a hub for at least four weeks um, is going to make their their challenge a lot more difficult. Logic suggests that they'll get more home games at the back end of the season, but if they're if they're dropping games that they should normally win and, and they're chasing their tail for the rest of the season, it makes their job uh, a lot more difficult. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Collingwood. I still think they've got the deepest midfield in the AFL, probably with the Giants. Um, and I think that, yeah, those them and, and Richmond and, and the Giants are probably the three clubs still that I think are going to be challenging. A flat spoon winner, sorry. Spoon, uh, it's hard to go past Gold Coast. I know that they've got the advantage of a few more home games at the start of the season. Um, I, I still think they're young. I still think they're, that they struggled to score points. Um, they were reasonably competitive against the power in round one, but I, I can't see them winning more than a couple of games, and I think that's still going to be enough for them to, uh, to win the Spoon. Jake, do you agree? Uh, yeah, it's hard. As Neil says, it's pretty hard to to pick anyone other than the Suns getting in. I think Frio will give them a run for their money. I don't know if Frio will finish bottom, but I think they'll be they'll be around that mark. Um, I just don't see enough. But yeah, I, I, I think they're a Nat Fife injury, season-ending injury away from being the worst team in the comp. I just don't see see much on their list at the moment that I like and I'm not, not expecting a great season from the Docs, especially having to start it away from home. Um, at the other end, yeah, I, I, I thought West Coast at the start of the year. I was very hot on the Eagles. But again, like Frio, it's going to be a tough start to the season. And, and with the shortened season, you can't start, you know, I know they've already played a game, but you can't start with, with three losses or something like that because you're just not going to claw your way back like you can from maybe, you know, a one and four or something like that. If you start one and three, one and four, it's, it's game over in a shortened season. So um, I'm not ruling them out by any means. I still think they're just about... They should be the, the equal premiership favourite or second favourite, but it's pretty hard to, to go past Richmond. I think they're going to have they're going to be strong. We know they're going to be good. Um, 
they're going to play a lot of games in the back end at the at the MCG where they're almost unbeatable. And yeah, and the only, only other team I'd say to keep an eye on is Geelong. We, we know they've got a few games mm. um, at home as well. And I think, as we've probably said in the podcast over the last 12 months, uh, it's pretty much last chance saloon for, for Chris Scott and the Cats. So uh, yeah, they're my, they're my smoky. Yeah. The other yeah. thing to note about the Cats, um, with no, if no crowds, um, come for the rest of the season, they'll get, they should get all their home games and possibly finals at Cadinia Park too. Um, so they, they get to host a big club starting with round two against Hawthorne. So that, you know, they've been dealt a really nice hand with that. Yeah, I think that's enough. And I, in the preseason predictions we did, I said, I said to about, about Geelong that this is their last chance. And now that they've been given um, what looks like is going to be a, a fixture that suits them immensely, uh, they really need to take this opportunity with both hands and, and win the flag this year. I think um, if they don't, uh, it'll almost be a failure. I know that Richmond's a good team. I know that West Coast is a good team. But um, West Coast has got, like you said, they've got to travel away from home for a month to start the year. And you sort of you, you wonder how much of an impact it'll have. But Geelong, they're, they're just sitting at home in their nice little uh, big backyards, yeah. training at, at the, the ground that they play at all the time. And, and they're going to get better. And um, I think they might win the flag uh, and I think the Suns will win the, win the spoon. Um, I agree with, with what you said, Jake, about Fremantle not being overly exciting, but I think while Fife's there and you can't sort of predict an injury to someone like that because, um, you know, he, he might be the healthiest bloke on the park this year. But um, I think, yeah, the, the Suns will still struggle to win enough games to get off the bottom. Uh, interesting one that you mentioned before as well, Jake, was that you can't sort of come back from a one and three um, sort of deficit. It's it's so spot on because in the NFL um, they play sixteen games as well, so only one more, uh, one less, one fewer game than what the AFL is playing this year. And I know there are more teams in the NFL and the finals, the playoff structures are a bit different. But if you go zero and two in the NFL, you've only got a twelve percent chance of making the playoffs. So it's absolutely crucial for the teams that have started zero and one that they need to win this week if, if they're serious about playing finals because it can slip away so quickly. Mm. Doesn't it make every game? so absolutely crucial and it makes me i'm really looking forward to seeing how the reaction is at the end of this season whether whether fans and media and players and the industry actually really enjoyed the the 17 game season and the fact that there was no you know junk games towards the end um when you know some teams that are out of contention might get a little bit um you know a little bit sort of sick of the season so i know broadcasters want those extra games but it'd be fascinating to see whether it's actually a structure that, that works for the competition I think we've been quite lucky in recent years where we've had um, had a lot of the top eight sort of come down to, to the wire. Um, but I think the NFL nails it in terms of the urgency that they create. Um, you look at the, the MLB or something like that. I mean, it's just way too many games. Um, but the NFL have it perfectly. They, every game is important. And as Matt said, you, you start 0-2 and you, you're just not making it. 0-3 and you're pretty much impossible to make it. So um, shorten the... Um, Shorten the season. Uh, obviously, it's come through you know, something that is totally unexpected for it to happen. But I don't think it's going to be a, a terrible, terrible outcome. No, that's for sure. Um, speaking of, of, of the, I guess, the fixture and, and starting well, do we have a game that we're most uh, looking forward to in this, this next block of four weeks? Um, obviously, the, the AFL is going to be releasing uh, the fixture every, every few weeks for the rest of the year. Um, just as it's an evolving sort of situation. But do, do we have a favourite game or a game that we're most looking forward to? Yep. Um, for me, I mean, there's a few even in the, 
the first week back that looked fantastic. Um, a lot of focus on Richmond Collingwood and then Hawthorne traveling down in Geelong, but the showdown looks super, super interesting for me. Two mm-hmm. clubs where I don't know where they're going to end up. Two clubs with a real rivalry, you know, stoked by Koshy's comments saying that they didn't want to stay in the hotel, same hotel as the Crows. You eat quiche um, and we so eat golfers. Yeah, you're just not our type of people, I think he said. I mean, it was great theatre. And I think, but I think he was obviously just, you know, talking it up and giving it a bit of mayo. But I think there's actually a little bit of dislike amongst the two teams and the the two supporter bases. So, yeah, I think it's on the Saturday of round two. I can't wait to watch that one. For sure. You know, that would be a great game to hear the, to to get rid of that um, fake crowd noise and actually hear what the players Mm. say because, Mm. because we, you know, we know it's such a big rivalry, but what do the players actually say? And do you get that banter between the, I think that would be really cool. I'm really looking forward to um, a game on the Gold Coast, which I never thought I'd say. Um, Sorry. (laughs) You're stealing mine, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, maybe we're going to say one. But Richmond and West Coast, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Most people would have expected that could have easily been the the grand final. And to have a grand final preview um, (laughs) at Metricon Stadium, just it it seems bizarre. So I think, and it's such a great, great, uh, such a great ground and and small boutique stadium. It's such a shame that that fans can't go because it would have been a great spectacle up there. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to steal yours, but I reckon that's going to be a cracker. No, I'm I'm with you 100% of the way. I think um, that game, it's it's a big shame because West Coast would have been looking at the fixture and hosting Richmond and thought, great, we've got them on our our home home ground. Um, this is our chance to sort of you know the old classic eight point game. They don't win and and we win and that sort of the ladder sort of maybe hinges on a, on a game like that. And now it's on a neutral ground. Richmond would be loving the fact that it's not in Perth with with sixty thousand yeah. fans screaming and going mental. So I'm fascinated to see how the Eagles come out uh, and approach that game. So I think that's the last game of their games at the hub. So they might even be tired at that point. So there are a lot of variables that, that make that arguably probably the game of the year so far. That uh, the game of the year so far. The game of the year, um, looking at the fixture yeah. so far. Game of the nine, the nine <laughs> games so far. <laughs> so, you know, it's the, it's the game to watch in terms of how it will affect the top four. And we speak about each game just meaning so much more when there's only 17 rounds. This is, this is a big one that we just need to sort of keep a big eye on for sure. It's going to yes. feel like the two best clubs in the country playing it at not a local ground, but because there's not going to be anyone there and it's such a foreign place for them both to play. It's just so mm-hmm. unusual. And, and what makes it even more intriguing is that they play such different... They're, they're almost the two outliers in how footy's played. We did um, a bit of a plug here. We did our Inside the Coaches Box series um, in three parts the last three weeks. So we've got some great access to some coaches and players to actually drill down into what modern coaching is and the, in terms of how clubs play, everyone said that they mainly fit the same mould apart from Richmond who play, just get the ball forward at all costs. It doesn't have to be silky, you know, just wave after wave, as Matt's called it, the Tiger tidal wave. And then you've got the Eagles on the other hand who are just um, very meticulous. They, they drop off in defence to get intercept marks and then they're really cautious with how they move the ball with kicking. So that's what makes them such an intriguing matchup as well. For sure, yeah, yep. it'll um, you know fight fire with ice. It's it's definitely not a fight fire with fire sort of conundrum where everyone follows the leader in terms of following Richmond from the year before. I expect it'll be a a battle of the coaches' boxes, as you say, Neil. And if anyone wants to read that series that we did write, uh, ESPN.com.au/AFL, the, they are all there and they are a pretty decent read. Um, so I'm not trying to pump up our own tires too much, but pretty decent read. <laughs> not, not a bad read. <laughs> 
Um, before we go, uh, thanks all for, for uh, staying with us. Uh, I know that uh, Zoom and, and technology makes things a little bit difficult, but thanks for, for still listening if you are. Um, the Footy Tips app is, is back and ready to go. It's all up to date um, with all the latest AFL and, and NRL fixtures. Uh, ready for you and your mates to sort of get back on and, and start tipping again ahead of uh, June 11, the AFL restart. So make sure you get the, the band back together and, and, and get involved on the Footy Tips app because uh, if you're like me and you say, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow ends up being Thursday, June 11 at 7.49 and I still haven't done my tips. So get them in now. And then you get locked out and then you and then you don't tip for the rest of the season because you're already behind. <laughs> <laughs> You've nailed it. Um, anything else, gents, before we uh, close off on, on the first episode back ahead of the footy restart? No, just happy to be back and talking footy again. Um, seems like such a long time ago, around one. So the fact that we're... It's almost like the week before Christmas now. Um, yeah. yeah, can't wait for the... Even though it's going to be a weird season, you know, watching the games is going to be unusual. There's going to be even more curveball thrown at us, but it's at least footy's back soon, so I can't wait. Nothing from me other than the fact that I've got a prescription I need to pick up, and seeing as you're a big fan of lines, Matt, do you want to go and duck down and, and stand there for me? <laughs> <laughs> now, you've got to clarify that that's cues, not lines. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, on that note let's let's get out of here we'll be back next week to talk more footy um you can't say big fan of wines jake that's terrible um we're talking footy mostly uh and we'll be back next week uh, ahead of round one but thanks again for listening to the espn afl footy tips podcast uh and uh, we'll speak to you in the next one thanks for listening to the espn footy tips afl podcast